I'm R.J. Bell with the sports betting headlines for Friday. Giannis with an all-time game. Still, Phoenix wins and covers, and the Suns now have an 80% chance to win the title, according to Vegas. In the MVP race, Chris Paul, a minus-money favor. Booker surging. He was plus 450, now plus 225. Amazingly, Giannis, even down 0-2, has the same MVP odds now as he did starting the series, plus 450. In the UFC, McGregor fights here in Vegas this weekend. He's an underdog to Dustin Poirier. We'll have multiple picks on this. Here comes a four-hour of the Vegas Truth covering all that and more. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. This is Straight out of Vegas. With the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. You heard it. I'm R.J. Live in Las Vegas, live on a Friday, live on 225 FSR stations across this great, great nation, post-game show. And we get to react to the early reactions. Sports bettors listen for their money. Sports fans listen to no more than their buddies. He doesn't know this, but... The Joe, the fan, he's going to be giving us his expert <laughs> UFC pick. And McGregor coming bottom of the hour. This is what they call appointment radio. He is Jonas Knox. Always good to be here, RJ. And yes, on a day in which it does feel like Vegas is back to somewhat normal because of the big fight this weekend. We've also got an NBA Finals that is now two games in. What is the Vegas lead here on this Friday? Well, we are at bottom hour going to be talking about the fight. We've got a pick from Matty Holt. We got a pick from AJ Hoffman and Jonas. I mean, that's a, <laughs> I got to be honest, and I'm being sincere. That's a three-headed UFC monster right there. And I will tease it. The two that I've got to pick on, not Jonas, are on the same, not only the same fighter, but the same way the fight ends plus money. So that should be a good one. And McGregor is an underdog, but we will start Vegas lead last night's game two and the aftermath of that. Yeah, and the Phoenix Suns find themselves up two games to none over the Milwaukee Bucks. A 118-108 final last night in the desert. Game three coming up this weekend in Milwaukee. Now, we'll get into that Milwaukee won many of the important elements of the game, and it was just shooting that, that beat them. Though in the first game, it was not shooting, but they lost every other element. They shot well themselves, so... You could say no matter how it's gone so far, they've lost. That is the ultimate point. And it doesn't really matter that you probably haven't downgraded Milwaukee based on these two games because now they've got to win four out of five to win it. And that's quite frankly a long, long shot to happen. Here's what we know that Giannis needs help. We can sit and talk, and I think if we weren't a six o'clock Eastern show, we would and talk about the great, that this was an all time game. And you've heard that you saw it, you know it, but what you don't see, I think as clearly is how 
Milwaukee, and maybe you do, Milwaukee has one player that has a plus score on the plus minus, meaning that there's only one player that when he's on the floor so far in these first two games, Milwaukee's had a net win, scoring more points than Phoenix. Every other player is negative. As you can guess, Giannis is plus four. When he's been on the court, they've outscored Phoenix by four points. Now, if we look at it, Giannis played 35 minutes in the first game, and he played 40 minutes in the second game. So eight, eight, and five, you know, so about 21 minutes he's been off the floor. And in those 21 minutes, they've been outscored by 27 points. And then in all the other minutes, which is when he's been on the floor, which has been about 76 or so minutes, he's outscored, or the team, Milwaukee's outscored by four points, Phoenix. This is an A or B. When he's on the floor, they're the better team. When he's off the floor, Giannis, they're a much worse team. And you might say, well, why is that? Is it, you know, they're... Milwaukee's just because they're they're to the finals maybe a year early and then next year they're going to be better. I don't think so. They've made a financial commitment and this is something Jonas I want to make more conversational is they had a you know they made multiple moves and decided we were going to have three key players. Chris Middleton who uh, was on that team and they've committed to a huge contract too. And then they had a chance to bring in one other person, and it was Drew Holiday. And Drew Holiday in these games has fallen, you know, way short. We can talk about his defense, and and I think it's justified. But, you know, his defense, Holiday's is good. But he's 11 for 35 shooting the ball, 31%. And he's made one three-pointer. And not only did they give him a massive contract – they traded away multiple players and multiple first-round picks. The cupboard is bare. I don't know how they make a change. And that's my question to you, Jonas, is do you see a way for them to make a viable change that really improves this team in the offseason? And if not, does this team have a chance to win the title? Because if it was any year they could win it, with the injuries and such, this would have felt like the year. Yeah, I I think for starters, I do think they're still alive in this series. Um, I, I'm not ready to just close the coffin. They're in a, they're in a bad spot, but it would not surprise me if they came back and and we were tied at two games apiece. I, the Drew Holiday stuff is strange because I remember a moment, and, and you can look at the box scores and the missed shots and and everything. But I, there was a moment in the game last night where Milwaukee had cut the lead down to like five or six late. And Drew Holiday got the ball and had an opportunity to put up a three, and he hesitated. And it looked like a guy who really was questioning whether or not he can hit a shot. Like there was, you know, you saw other players, they they got the ball, whether it was Connaughton or whoever, and they may have missed it, but there was no hesitation. They were were in the rhythm of the game. Drew Holiday looks lost. And I don't know if he's feeling the pressure of, hey, man, our, our best player is injured, our other best player isn't playing well, and now everything rolls downhill, and I've got to be a guy to step up but to your point I mean seven of 21 shooting last night um, a, a clear hesitation he played great defense at times but offensively he's just not providing anything at this point uh, the fourth best player on a team a championship team that gives you a little bit of scoring I mean like a Danny Green when he yeah. was with uh, the yep. Spurs you know he's played well since but you know specifically with this he was the ultimate three and D guy and you know what he was Iguodala. the four- Andre Iguodala. Yeah, but they Perfect were never example. the third or second best player. Never. 
and Never. and that's the problem. That that a player of his quality, or at least what we're seeing from Holiday, is a team that gets beat in the conference finals. That's that team. To yeah. be a champion, you got to win out two more rounds, and they've won one here. But again, we can point to Atlanta and the injuries and say, hey, they get credit for it, but it isn't a typical year. I mean, a Philadelphia that's a little bit better, that doesn't have a Simmons, it's going to be hard to get past. And obviously, typically in the finals, you're going to get a better team than Phoenix, you would think, out of the West. Though again, it feels like this Phoenix team is so well suited to play against Milwaukee because not think about the coaching matchup. Right, uh, we can all debate that there's now been a backlash against the the Bordenhoser negativity, but it doesn't change the fact that that negativity is there for a reason. The guy doesn't make, by all accounts, elite adjustments. We can debate: does he make average adjustments? Or but he's not a championship level adjuster, which in a series, in the finals, in these key series, is such a key. Think about Phil Jack. I mean, the teams that feel like, oh, it was easy for them to win it. No, it wasn't. I mean, look at as much as the Bulls never went to a seventh game with Michael, just think of that Utah series. I mean, there were a lot of games that went down to the wire, and those adjustments mean a huge amount. Phil Jackson later with the Lakers all the way. And I mean, all these teams, I mean, all the way to Kerr adjustments matter. And it seems like in any conference finals or any NBA finals, Milwaukee's going to have a disadvantage at coach when it comes to adjustments. But then if you look at the flip side, Phoenix not only has a good coach, but they got a coach on the floor. And, you know, I've heard people talk about Holiday, and I'd like to get your thought on this, where he plays, and they say, dumb basketball or not smart basketball. And it strikes me, if there's any team that plays smart on the floor, it's Phoenix with Chris Paul leading the way. And maybe Milwaukee was the perfect team for them to look good against because it doesn't seem like either on the floor or from the coaching box that – there's a match for Phoenix in Milwaukee. Well, if you didn't know the backgrounds of these teams, and I just said, all right, watch the first two games, which team has never been to the postseason before and which team has been here a bunch of years in a row? I mean, it would be the opposite. You would think, oh, you know, Phoenix is the veteran team in the postseason. They've never been in the playoffs before. Like, Monty Williams has never coached this team in the playoffs. They they were good in the bubble at the end, but they never went to the playoffs last no. year. And so you watch and see how they execute, and there's no – there's zero panic at all. Like, you watch Monty Williams talk to DeAndre Ayton on the sidelines, and it's just – Totally calm, totally cool and collected. And you watch Milwaukee, and it just feels like there's a panic when when you see them play, like the Drew Holiday situation I mentioned where he was so hesitant to take a shot outside of Giannis. I I mean, it looks like a bunch of guys who – I don't know if the moment is too big, but they're clearly not comfortable right now. Strong insight from Jonas Knox. I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And here's the question I want to raise, though. Is it better to have – no playoff experience, though Chris Paul obviously does in his career, or to have failed playoff experience. Because I get it. In the NBA, typically it's, okay, you finally make the playoffs. Then you make it to the second round. Then you, you know, it's, it's a progression typically. And sometimes it takes multiple years. Michael Jordan wouldn't be the great uh, all-timer that he was if it wasn't for the Pistons being so resistant to him busting through. And the Pistons had to resist, you know, fight through Boston and the steal by Bird. And that's the NBA history. Milwaukee, though, it's felt like they've always lost before they should have. Yeah. Where And, and to me, that doesn't make you ready for the next year. It makes you apprehensive 
about the next year. Then when you decide to bring somebody in because they had, you know, other options other than Holiday, how was Holiday's pedigree in the playoffs? Like, do you if you have one more slot where you can get an elite, almost max or max guy, don't you if you if you have a team that hasn't succeeded in the playoffs, don't you get someone with a playoff history? Yeah, and I think the the thinking on Drew Holiday was, well, you know, great teammate from all accounts. Everybody loves him. They respect him, plays defense, can provide, can bring you some offense. And it was a situation where you knew you could have him because he had been rumored to be dealt for a long time. I know Boston was a team. But that they didn't get him con- cheap, though. I know. And and that's that's it's almost like they went all in, yeah. in, in a panic move. And, and I wonder I, – I thought about this earlier. I wonder if – if they almost feel relieved that they got the deal done with Giannis and he's and he's tied up long term because if he still if he was you know on a contract year and they were waiting to figure out what he wanted to do after this season, I, it would not surprise me at all if he said I'm going to go pursue my you know other options based on what I got around me right now. No, I, I think that's legit. And and to me, when you have a Giannis, which in one way is the you could make the case the best player in the NBA in some. Way. If you think about defense, you think about all the, uh, I guess, the non-flashy things that he does. You could say that's the, the, you know, the best number two in the NBA. I imagine, you know, in a way, Jordan and Giannis would have been like Pippen was a very similar player, though he developed more offense later in more skills, I think. But he was a guy that did the dirty work. And you know what? MJ did the dirty work, too. At least he played a lot of hard defense. So, and again, I go to MJ a lot because... Let's be honest. That's it. We can look at the Lakers with Shaq and say, eh, it's hard to replicate that today because Shaq was Shaq, right? We can look at the Golden State and say, yeah, that's a viable way to be champions. Though I would make the case if even that Golden State team were in the NBA right now like a time machine, they'd be really good. I'm not sure they'd win multiple titles because I think if we look back on Golden State in hindsight – how unusual their small lineup, the lineup of death was compared to what the rest of the NBA was used to was such a big two-year advantage. And it doesn't take away because that was an innovation. But I'm not sure that the quality – and then again, having Durant – getting a, a Durant to come to an already championship team, yeah, do it if you can replicate it. But in general – you look at what the Bulls did and you can say, okay, you've got an all-time score, which is hard to get, but okay. And then what else? Who's? I mean, Pippen is the second-best player by far. Who's the third-best player in that Bulls over six championships? Because you can say Rodman, but Rodman was at the end of his career the last two years. So really, it was a lot of role players. Yeah. Steve Kerr's and, and Paxson types and Horace Grant types. No, no Hall of Fame invitations there, but they had the guy that could score late, Two good defenders and a guy to do the dirty work. So now let's look at Giannis and say Giannis is the pippin of that. You're not going to get MJ, but you needed a guy that could score in his sleep. A guy, you know, like if you put Booker on Milwaukee for Middleton, doesn't Milwaukee win this series? If, yeah, they, if they flop? Yeah, yeah, I would say so. And yeah. they're, they're paying Middleton just as much as Booker's going to get. I mean, Middleton's a max guy, right? Yeah. So it's like they chose a lower-level max guy 
when it strikes me, if you've got Giannis, isn't that a draw? Isn't that a draw? Even though Milwaukee's Milwaukee, isn't that a draw to have Giannis? Yeah, I, I just, I, I think in retrospect, they they went all in. If they don't, if they don't win the title this year, I don't know what the expectation is moving forward because you assume Brooklyn's going to be healthy. Yeah. Um, if if Philly can figure it out, you know, if, if Boston's young players continue to emerge, I really think this is their opportunity to get this done. And if they don't, it would not surprise me if they go titleless uh, in this era. We're straight out of Vegas. Let's get the updated series price. Mackenzie Rivers, pregame.com. What do we got as the updated series price? The Phoenix Suns are the favorite at minus 480. The take back is plus 380. 480. So the imputed percentage? 81% chance the Suns win the title. Okay, so... Uh, Jonas, you're saying you're not going to lower the coffin uh, at that at those kind of odds at you know four to one or so odds. Do you uh, not saying you're going to make an official bet, but do you think that's a juicy price? Um, I I would uh, yeah I would take Milwaukee in that spot, but the fact that the odds are are where they're at doesn't lead me to be really confident in my in my thinking. Yeah. I'm wondering right now if if uh, Mackenzie's <laughs> thinking now how do I bring up Brooke Lopez? How do I bring that up? <laughs> so. 18 and a half was the, was the oh so the bet was points rebounds and blocks right and assists it's funny oh. spencer actually thought it was blocks and he's i, like, oh, I man, thought it was blocks too that. what are you talking about he's a defensive guy why would it be how many wait a minute how many rebounds and and points and blocks does he have did he have he had 17 no how many rebounds blocks and points did he have 19 Oh. Same, same with steals as well, too. I, yeah, I, th- I, I got a feeling that, that we got to go to the tape on this one. <laughs> <laughs> All joking aside, though, because I, I didn't see exactly as, the, uh, as he hit that last one, at what point in the game did he get his last uh, either point or rebound? It was like the beginning of the fourth quarter, like 10 so, minutes left. I was so sweating. what you're saying, there's 11 minutes left in the game. <laughs> a quarter of the game is left. And if Brooke Lopez scores one more point, gets one more rebound, or has one assist, you lose the bat. Yes, sir. And you were you just thinking the whole fourth quarter, were you sweating it? Well, I was remember, remembering game one, the fourth quarter, they took Lopez out and played Giannis at oh, center the whole so time. You, so you had that as part of your handicap. I had hope. I the, had the, hope. The, the whole fourth, he wouldn't play. Uh, this guy. See, there, there was there was a point in the game last night where where Brooke Lopez, a, a Phoenix Suns player, actually tipped in his own basket on a long rebound. But because Lopez was the closest uh, Milwaukee Buck, they credited him oh. with not only the two points, but the rebound because it counts as a rebound. So that was an extra three on the total and and you know still oh, he won. you were hoping so badly <laughs> that he lost by one and you, oh my god i didn't see, that would have been awesome all right so real quick to kind of wrap the whole Giannis is by himself at least the reality of it here's the other players on the team and what their plus minus is jeff teague is second minus two forbes minus eight Connington minus 12. I don't, you know, these names aren't as familiar. Portis minus 15. Lopez minus 18. The three worst plus minus numbers. And that's what your score is when you're on the court. The net score. Holiday minus 19. P.J. Tucker minus 19. Chris Middleton minus 26. When he's on the court, Middleton, they've been outscored by 26 points. When Giannis has been on the floor, four points. Four points plus a plus number, the only buck to be plus. So here's what we'll do. Let's take our first break. When we come back, 
This is something no one else has talked about. We touched on this about a month ago. Why couldn't Giannis get a better supporting cast? They've spent the money. Why not? I think it's something that has to do with him not being from the United States. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I'm RJ Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. Coming up here in just a couple of moments, we will continue to take a closer look at the struggles of the Milwaukee Bucks. And it's a rare treat in a few minutes. Jonas Knox with a, I'm going to quit national radio if I don't win my UFC pick (laughs) on McGregor Poirier. And we got two other picks on the same big fight here in Vegas. (laughs) <laughs> this is the fastest growing radio show on Fox Sports Radio, and it our audience has doubled in the last year plus, and that's because of you spreading the word. We're going to keep delivering a quality winning show to you, even if McKenzie has to win one now and again. I don't like it, but it happens <laughs> occasionally. You can listen to the podcast, and the weekend's a great time for that. Catch up. If you miss anything, just search straight out of Vegas on your favorite pod player here in Vegas on the Strip. 115 degrees. The neon is sizzling. So, RJ, we've been talking about Game 2 of the NBA Finals, a 118-108 win for the Phoenix Suns. They find themselves up two games to none heading into Game 3. All right, historically, if you go back to the shot clock era, that's a wow now. 32 teams in the NBA Finals have taken a 2-0 lead. Those teams are 28-4 and winning the series. 28-4. and you got the 69 Lakers lost, the 77-76ers, the 06 Mavs. Oh, remember that one with uh, Dwayne Wade. And the 16 Warriors, which would be the uh, uh, LeBron's great comeback from 3-1 also in that one. And obviously Kyrie hitting the shot there. That is it. Four times, 28 times, the team up 201. Though Jonas is on the, the four of the 28 and four. Let's hope he doesn't <laughs> think like that with his pick in the UFC coming up. Let's talk about the minutes these teams are playing or these players are playing. Devin Booker, 44 minutes last night. Aiton, 42 minutes. Chris Paul, almost 40 years old, 41 minutes and 28 seconds. So the average... Time for the starters, Bridges and Crowder after that, was 40 minutes and 30 seconds for the starters. Wowza. And then otherwise, Cameron Johnson played 18 minutes, and no one else played more than 10. Uh, Cameron Payne played 9. So the the rotations are going thin. Middle Now, if you look at Milwaukee, only six players played more than 12 minutes. So no one played a massive amount. Middleton, 41. Giannis, 40. They're ramping him up. And you got to wonder, Jonas, let me ask you, if Giannis had played 43 minutes the first two games, I don't think he could have, right? He's coming back from an injury. But does Milwaukee maybe – maybe is the only 
factor in this entire series that matters is Giannis has been on the bench maybe seven or eight minutes because of the injury that he wouldn't have been in the finals. Yeah, you're not going to play 42-43 in the regular season, but in a seven-game series when it's all on the line, I think Giannis is at his age, if he was 100% healthy, would have been playing 43-44 minutes. Do Are they at least Milwaukee 1-1 at this point if he does? Yeah, I mean, if he played more in game one. Than or the two. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he could have played um, another three minutes in this game. I don't know, because it feels like he's playing. He looks a little tired at times. like, And mm-hmm. I don't know if, you know, just missing the games that he missed means that he's going to all of a sudden be out of shape and whether, you know, he's having to overcompensate. So, you know, maybe there's some exhaustion there because he's worried about the knee. But he did look a little bit gimpy at times to where the knee was bothering him a little bit more than it the was. The guy that put up 42 one. looked gimpy. I know. And, and, and he was awesome. And I just wonder if, if for whatever reason, if, if they would have taken the approach of, all right, you know, let's just let's wait until we get to game three and then we insert Giannis and give him some more time to rest I mean how much worse would this team have looked because if not if if not for him and his performance last night and I actually have come away through two games higher on Giannis based on his it's almost like the Paul George situation like I came away from the playoffs going man I respect Paul George now more than I ever did before just based on what he was able to accomplish even though they were eliminated early same thing with Milwaukee here I, I, I really respect what Giannis is doing I think he's been really impressive though so far and I would say Paul George deserves some due but he wasn't injured I mean, to me, if Giannis were 100% healthy, this would be a Herculean kind of, you know, this feels like almost LeBron, you know, in what what was that, 2008? Was it against the Spurs? I can't remember. But when it was 2007. Yeah, the Cavs team, and he was the only viable player. Now, it's back to the idea, though, that they have spent big money on Middleton, they have spent big money on Holiday, as we've been talking about. And I have a theory on why they're not getting better players at the number two and three slots. But let's take a minute and look at the following. Giannis was one out of five on threes. So if he was literally 14 out of 17 on twos. 14 out of 17 on twos. He had 18 free throw attempts. The rest of the team had five. 18 free throw attempts from Giannis, five from the rest of the team. Yeah. I mean, is that even okay that you could literally have the, 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 the other – every other player on the team. So, you know, Giannis played 40 minutes. There's 240 minutes in a game that doesn't go to overtime. So in 200 minutes of play, there were five free throw attempts from the other players of effective play, you know, the clock running on each player. That's not okay. And if you just look at the rebounds, he led the team in offensive rebounds, Giannis, defensive rebounds, and – SAT test style, total rebounds. The most blocks, 42 points. This has been was a monster game. Got to give them a ton of credit, but why isn't Milwaukee better otherwise? My point would be this. You've got a non-U.S. player, and he plays a European game. You know, he uh, though he hasn't been used in that Euro step with his knee less stable, he certainly has the mentality of I'm going to listen to the coach. I'm going to do the dirty work. I'm not about – and what's the alternative? The alternative is the AAU style and the one-and-done style of ball, which is about a lot about Instagram, a lot about TikTok, a lot about – as in my generation, it was like, hey, that's all about ESPN highlights on SportsCenter. It's not about how you win a game. And it's like, boy, Giannis feels like a throwback. And my question is, 
is it a coincidence, Jonas, that a throwback like Giannis, if you agree with that, doesn't seem to be too much in favor with the other superstars in the NBA? And is that driven by almost like when Ku coach with the Bulls that Pippen and Jordan didn't like the fact that he was getting a nicer or a big contract. They didn't like that. Uh, he was played up as like the save, not savior, but this elite player coming in and it's, you know, last dance showed and other things have shown when they played him in international play before he came to the Bulls, they just abused them because they wanted to show this guy doesn't belong in the NBA. Is there a sense of us versus them? And thus the us in the U S is saying, Giannis is one is an outsider, and we're and, and thus the players aren't as inclined the elites to play with them. Is it about his style of ball? I mean, why is it just about Milwaukee? Because let's be candid, Milwaukee. I mean, I like Laverne and Shirley and all, but I'm not visiting for any particular reason. And <laughs> what do you think it is? Uh, I, I'm still trying to figure that out because I know that Kevin Durant made some comments about Giannis. I think players, Negative, right? Yeah, and, and I think players respect him, uh, but I think that his game is different. And it, there's almost a, well, if, if you can't consistently shoot, when you get to the foul line, it looks the way that it looks. He does look at times a little bit clunky. I mean, but, he's but, gotten better. Uh, let me ask you a quick question. Sorry to jump in. But if you're a guy that likes to shoot and score – if you're a Durant, well, Durant isn't like an alpha in that regard. I mean, because he, he wants to distribute a lot too, which is not a bad thing. But there are guys that just want to shoot and shoot and shoot. Wouldn't Giannis be the best number two? He's not going to fight for shots and you're going to get to shoot all you want. Yeah, but unfortunately, they've identified him as a one, and they're trying to build around him. But they're paying a the max amount for the I number know. two and three I, anyway, so it doesn't I, matter who's considered. That's and since he's not an alpha, Giannis, where he wants to decide who's on the plane and stuff, like LeBron, it feels like you could slide in there and 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 really have a guy that's not looking for all those perks, and he's looking to do the dirty work. But he's the best dirty work guy in the league. That feels like a dream spot. See, I I actually think that. Budenholzer, if, if Phoenix wins this series, Budenholzer's, Budenholzer's gone. I think they'll make a switch. And that oh. may sound crazy because they got to the finals. and But they got to the finals with a lot of help, you know, from the injuries and everything else. This is the biggest stage they've played on. And Budenholzer's getting exposed to a lot of people. And, and they're going to look at it and go, well, we can't really do anything about the roster because we've gutted it, you know, in picks and, and future assets so that yep. we could build around Giannis. The next logical move is to do something different with the coach. And regardless of them getting to the finals this year, I think Budenholzer's gone if they don't win it. Oh, I'll bet you on that even money if you want. (laughs) Now, here's why I think you're probably wrong. One, it would be a bold move, and I'm not sure that that's Milwaukee style. But number two, the case could be made this was progress. That, hey, if Giannis hadn't gotten hurt, who knows, even though he played okay or good in game one, he was hobbled. And, you know, Chris Paul, you know, there's a way to make this feel like that it's the scene before the scene that they win it in the movie and everything's okay. Hey, Michael had to go against the Pistons, you know, blah, blah, blah. But personally, I like you said earlier in the show, I think this is the year. And this feels like the pinnacle instead of a step along the way. And if the pinnacle falls short, you've got to do something drastic. And and maybe I don't even know if I would be as bold as you about firing him. But I think you give him one more year. And if they get beat in the second round, because let's be candid. 
there's zero chance looking at this series, or not zero, I hate saying that. There was a small chance that the Nets were going to lose to Milwaukee if they had been healthy. Yeah. So them even being past the second round was good fortune. And, you know, sometimes you need good fortune to win it. But if you have good fortune and you still don't win it, and you've played all your trump cards financially, draft pick-wise, where does it go from there? I don't know. I don't know. So let's do this. Well, let me say my last point, then we'll see what's trending about the thinness of these teams. Because you might say, oh, my gosh, they're playing that many minutes. What's going to happen? Because there's been injuries, obviously, et cetera, et cetera. Well, here's an interesting point. There's two days off before game three, two game days off before game four, two games off before game five, two days off before game six. So literally until between six and seven, if there is a seven, there's one day off. Every game from here, including this next one, has two rest days game, two rest days game. So I, that is unusual, and it does seem to help both teams because they're both thin. But I think those who are talking about the short rotations probably is not as pertinent as it would be with another schedule. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Straight Out of Vegas here on Fox Sports Radio. I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. He's the voice of Vegas, RJ Bell. Yeah, my mom always said I was a leader. So here's what we're going to do. Take our final break. When we come back, we're going to have the updated MVP odds for the NBA Finals and three best bets on Connor's fight, including... Jonas Knox saying he'll leave national radio (laughs) if he loses this one. That's coming up next. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. What's up, everyone? It's me, three-time NFL All-Pro Sean Murray, and I have a new sports podcast called the Lights Out Podcast with Sean Murray. This podcast is special to me as I get a chance to talk to some of the best who've ever done it on the field or the track. So whether it's talking to a Super Bowl champion or a NASCAR Cup Series champion, the Lights Out Podcast will bring it to you the only way I know how to. I'm giving you the best insight from the best who've ever done it. Listen to Lights Out with Sean Murray on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcast. I'm RJ Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. And RJ, we have got a game three of the NBA Finals this weekend. We've also got a big fight in Vegas with the UFC, Conor McGregor, Dustin Poirier, three there in Sin City. Yeah, we're going to talk about the game three odds and the MVP updated odds. But first, though, we got three picks, three picks in the big McGregor-Poirier fight. First up, A.J. Hoffman. Houston Radio does a lot with pregame.com, going to be doing more, and he is a former MMA fighter. Uh, had, uh, I think he was 2-0 in professional fights, and he retired. So that uh, if you're retiring when you win, <laughs> you know you aren't supposed to do it. But again, I respect the hell out of it. He likes Poirier and not to go the distance. So there's different ways to bat it. But if you uh, simply say uh, Poirier and it's not by points, it's going to be some type of stoppage. From what I can see, you can get two to one on that. So two to one, that is A.J. Hoffman's expert pick against McGregor. And Matty Holt, 
who U.S. Integrity is an MMA aficionado. He's bet and won a lot of money on it. He also likes Poirier by submission, even getting more specific. But I think he predicted... Let me look. Yeah, by submission in the third. So you can bet that however you want, but it's back to if you want to be safe and you agree with these guys, it's going to be Poirier in a type of stoppage. Now we've got a third expert. He He's always <laughs> humble, but he knows his fights. Jonas, what do you got? Uh, I got the under of two and a half rounds. It's a minus 140 right now. Uh, but my logic on that, so you'd have to put $140 down to win 100. But the logic is Conor McGregor's never been known for his gas tank. Uh, he comes in really fired up about this. There's a feeling that if he loses this one, the aura surrounding him, if it's not already dinged, starts to dissipate because this will be him losing two of three to Dustin Poirier. And, and he hasn't won and put together a fight streak and a win streak in a long, long time. Uh, I like the under of of two and a half rounds at minus 140. Uh, I don't know which way this is going to go. I would lean Poirier like the other guys, but I don't think this fight goes very long. Okay, so that, that if anything, Jonas's pick reinforces the idea that if you like Poirier, uh, you know, don't just bet it and take because he's minus money. If you say yeah. any way he wins, look for the stoppage would be all three of the guys agreeing with that. Now, I did hear one. I was going to bet Poirier. I'm not sure I'm going to more than a pizza bet. And let me ask you quickly what you think of this is on Bill Simmons. There was an expert uh, who used to be at ESPN. I don't remember his name. He said that there was some issue about a half million dollars of charitable donations after the last fight. Poirier put it out there that McGregor was tardy about it. And and supposedly it got real personal. And that's in theory driving the training of McGregor. Do you put any merit to that? Um, yeah, a little bit, although I, I will say this. The approach this time around for McGregor is because, remember, McGregor beat him the first time around. He got in his head. Poirier admitted it. Last time, McGregor was very nice and respectful. But he was more the, boxing stance, they were saying. And yeah, yeah. Because he was training for a Pacquiao fight. And so this time around, he's really on him. And, and, and McGregor is claiming that uh, Poirier's wife is, uh, you know, sliding in his DMs and <laughs> messaging him on Instagram. And he's like providing he's providing proof that she was trying to send him messages and, and all this stuff is going on. This so is this like Rocky is much, Three. Yeah, Remember great. when it's Mr. Funny. T screaming at Adrian? <laughs> yes. It's I didn't like more, that. Much more heated this time around. So a lot of emotion going on. All right. Let's look at game three coming up on Sunday. And all right, game three, RJ, coming up on Sunday between the Bucks and the Phoenix Suns. And right now on pregame.com, if you do like the uh, Milwaukee Bucks, they're a four-point favorite, down 0-2 in the series, but a four-point favorite. Now, if you're not familiar with the zigzag, and especially game three when down 0-2, that's going to seem like a big number. Because if you have a situation where in game Two, Phoenix is at home and favored by you know four and a half. It's like, okay, then home court's about three. That means Phoenix is the better team. Well, now it's game three after Phoenix won another one by double digits. But now Milwaukee's the better team because home court's three. Why are they four-point favorite? There's a phenomenon, which is when a team's down 0-2, that that must win game in game three there's a performance and a half from that home crowd and 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 the team but usually that energy is focused on the first half and we've talked about this multiple times if you look at the line for game three in the first half only the line is minus three for milwaukee in the second half milwaukee is only minus one so what we're saying here this is a very unusual game history tells us game three is a big advantage for the team down 0-2 so the minus four seems surprising but in truth 
if Milwaukee does win and there's, and then it goes to game four, I expect the line to be about minus two. That extra two points is all about this game three effect. By the way, quickly in the MVP, Paul minus 135, and you got Booker at plus 225. Booker's odds have improved greatly after the game two performance. Giannis still at plus 450, even though they're down 0-2. Straight out of Vegas is brought to you by AutoZone. AutoZone has more ways for you to start your job your way. That means getting what you need fast. Some jobs can't wait. That's why AutoZone offers free same-day store pickup. Free next-day delivery is available on over 100,000 parts. Visit AutoZone.com today to start your job fast. Get in the zone. AutoZone, we are straight out of Vegas. We are back on Monday, 6 p.m. Eastern time, 3 o'clock Pacific, right here on Fox Sports Radio. And as always, you can check out the show on the iHeartRadio app. Straight out of Vegas! 